it's important, particularly for white people to try and, you know, read the crowd, so to speak, uh, that, 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 that matters. Right. Yeah. Read the room. Guys. Read the room. Like a good comedian. Um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, <laughs> let's talk about this thing, uh, where Trump is saying that he's going to designate Antifa a terrorist organization. Can you tell us a little bit about whether that's even possible? What yeah. that would mean? Well, you know, I'm, I'm no legal scholar, but what, from what I've been reading and hearing, um, you can't really designate domestic groups uh, as terrorists in that way. That That's a designation for foreign groups. Um, now, that's, of course, not even getting into the whole notion of how Antifa, you know, there's no Antifa TM with a president in an office and, and so forth, right? It's a it's a kind of politics. Uh, it's an activity. Uh, there are Antifa groups, but Antifa itself is not a group, which is it's so weird that it's hard for a lot of people to understand that because um, for people that are involved in activism and have some sort of experience with like food not bombs or any kind of non-institutional organizing, it's self-evident that there are ways of doing certain forms of resistance that if people like it, they'll take it up and do it where they live. Um, but, but yet there's this confusion. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it's actually something that could literally happen. Uh, I'm not even convinced it's something that he literally cares about happening because I don't see him following through. You know, he, he's made these claims bef- uh, over the last few years on several occasions. So has Ted Cruz and other Republicans. There's never any follow through. It's a way to throw, you know, red meat to their base and distract from focusing on this really massive rebellion. Um, and it, it's rhetorical. Now, that having been said, it's not as if there aren't threats that come along with that, because if you create this kind of climate where anyone who's a militant or an anti-fascist or is any kind of radical leftist who could be grouped into that category is some sort of terrorist, which is what the far right would like everyone to think, you know, they call BLM terrorists and everyone, then, you know, law enforcement hear that and and judges hear that and, and that could carry serious ramifications. But in a more kind of unofficial sense, that's my my sense. I don't know. What do you all think? Well, I've actually been thinking about like the term uh, terrorist itself because I've heard some like word people. What's the name for linguists? Word people <laughs> like people talk about words. the history and like the etymology of the term terrorism. And there's like kind of a hidden history there that people don't know about how it is like always been you know used by the state to crack down on uh, subversive activity, uh, and that. They, their suggestion is that we should just stop using it altogether. Yeah. Um, so one of my kind of um, professional fields of specialization is the history of terrorism. Oh, really? And, I, yeah. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. So, you know, uh, you know, and, uh, kill two birds with one stone. So, Perfect. Um, <laughs> so basically the origins of, of terrorism in, in a modern sense come from the terror during the French Revolution, right, when uh, Robespierre and company – use the guillotine to kill their political opponents. And then, of course, over time, the guillotine gets turned on them. Um, and so in that sense, originally, uh, political terror was, was a top-down enterprise. It was something the state did to its enemies. And it really starts to change mid-19th century, uh, particularly, you know, you have uh, the, the Russian um, nihilists and other revolutionaries that are trying to kill the czar. You have anarchists who are killing presidents and kings. You have, um, you know, the use of uh, 
these kinds of ideas in the Irish freedom struggles and so forth. And then the kind of bottom-up notion of terror begins, and, and many scholars have argued that you can kind of distinguish this modern form of quote-unquote terrorism from earlier uh, assassinations of kings, because in this modern era, the idea is to uh, target the system more than the individual, right? So by killing a king, you don't care about the person per se. You're, you're trying to kill monarchy, for example. Um, but you're right that the subsequently moving into modern times, scholars have tried to define it, particularly political scientists. And there are, I kid you not, more than 250 working definitions that scholars have come up with to try and pin <laughs> down what it is. And, and to me, I, I agree with whoever it is you are referencing that at a certain point, it's so difficult to actually draw firm lines around it. And it's so obvious how it's come to be used, particularly by states to demonize non-state actors. And it's so politically dubious that I think that, that the term has become counterproductive. Uh, and, and by using it, even if we use it against the state, I think it still lends the power of the term legitimacy. So like back a couple of years ago, when there, was those, there were those debates about whether uh, white supremacists should be called terrorists, like I understand the, the impetus behind pushing back and saying, actually, the terrorist problem is, is at home. Uh, I'm still reluctant to, to use the term under any circumstance because um, it, it's more often used in awful ways than in good ways. And I think we can find other words to talk about this kind of stuff.